gets colder My eyes goes thin as I get older Piece in pieces, bloody and bruised I feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left, yelling on the right I'm sitting in the middle trying to live my life Good afternoon. This is Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Trish and Evie's Focus on the Facts. Today, Patricia Negron and I will cover the most protracted child sex trafficking case in U.S. legal history. The case involves Jeffrey Epstein, alleged to be one of the founding funders of the Clinton Foundation, who was prosecuted for pedophilia by the Department of Justice and in civil cases by some of the victims, which are still pending. Epstein was accused of assembling a large cult-like network of underage girls with the help of young female recruiters to coerce and having sex acts in his mansion as often as three times a day. The Miami Herald recently identified about 80 women who say they were molested or otherwise sexually abused by Epstein between the years of 2001 to 2006. One of the victims, Virginia Roberts, claims that Epstein set up cameras throughout his homes and provided visitors with girls for sex as part of a blackmail scheme. Epstein specifically told me that the reason for him doing this was so that they would owe him and they would be in his pocket and he would have something on them, Robert said in the affidavit. I understood him to mean that when someone was in his pocket, they owed him favors. Epstein is also suspected of trafficking minor girls, often from overseas, for sex parties at his homes in Manhattan, New Mexico, and the Caribbean, FBI and court records show. Epstein only served 13 months in the county jail. But a non-prosecution agreement in the case shut down an ongoing FBI probe into whether there were more victims and other powerful people who took part in Epstein's sex crimes. The pact required Epstein to plead guilty to two prostitution charges in state court. Epstein and four of his accomplices named in the agreement received full immunity from all federal criminal charges. But the deal included wording that granted immunity to any potential co-conspirators who also were involved in Epstein's crimes. These accomplices or participants were not identified in the agreement, leaving it open to interpretation whether it is possibly referred to other influential people who were having sex with underage girls at Epstein's various homes or on his plane. The agreement also scuttled the federal probe into a possible international sex trafficking operation run by Epstein and a woman named Grizzly Maxwell, who recruited the underage girl. Epstein could watch them. As part of the arrangement, U.S. Attorney Alexander Acosta, now President Trump's Secretary of Labor, agreed to seal the agreement so that no chance would would we know the full extent of his crimes or who was involved, averting any chance that the girls or anyone else might show up in court and try to derail it. Acosta, in 2011, explained that he was unduly pressured by Epstein's lawyers, including Jay Lekowitz, Harvard Professor Alan Dershowitz, Jack Goldberger, Roy Black, former U.S. Attorney Guy Lewis, Gerald Lefcourt, and Kenneth Starr, the former Whitewater Special Prosecutor who investigated Bill Clinton's sexual liaisons with Monica Lewinsky. It was recently revealed that the Epstein sex crime case happened just as the country's subprime mortgage market collapsed, ushering in the 2008 global financial crisis. Records show that Epstein was a key federal witness in the criminal prosecution of two executives with Bear Stearns, the global investment brokerage that failed in 2008, 
who were accused of corporate securities fraud. Epstein was one of the largest investors in the hedge fund managed by the executives, who I guess were later acquitted of any charges. It is not known what role the case played in Epstein's plea negotiations. The DOJ agreement also scuttled the federal probe into a possible international sex trafficking operation run by Epstein. Epstein's criminal case has implicated many high-profile personalities and international leaders in the field of politics, business, academia, and including British Prince Andrew. A long-running lawsuit is pending now in federal court aimed at vacating the federal plea agreement on the grounds that it violated victims' rights. Epstein could be strict of his criminal prosecution immunity if the case succeeds and possibly leading to a federal trial for sex crimes. So after a criminal investigation that began in 2005, the victims of Epstein are still fighting a criminal justice system that failed to hold the wealthy, powerful men accountable for sex abuse of children. Our guest today, hopefully, is Conchita Sarnoff. She is a top expert on the Epstein case. She's a, she is the executive director of the Alliance to Rescue Victims of Trafficking. She published the book Trafficking about the case. In the book, Conchita focuses on the extensive allegations regarding Epstein's pedophilia activities and the numerous famous people involved. More than one million children are trafficked every year in the United States, and the global figure is more than 20 million, according to recent statistics. Conchita explains that the average age of entry for a trafficked child in the United States is 12 years old. The reason, she says, is simple. It's a money-making enterprise that has a finite expiry date. That is one reason why traffickers target young children. Another reason is the younger the child, the greater the profit. After decades of researching the issue of human sex trafficking, Conchita published a book to try to explain the problem. So we'll bring Trish and her on now. Hopefully Conchita is here. And we'll start by having her explain her research in the human trafficking and how it relates to the case of Epstein and fill in the blanks as far as the current court case is pending in the case right now and how we got to this point. So welcome to the show, Conchita and Trish. Hi, Evelyn. I'm here. I, this is Trish. Do we have oh, Conchita? Oh, okay. Conchita's not here. Trish? Uh, it doesn't sound like it. Oh, that's sad. Oh, that's terrible. Okay, well, well this case is really he- heating up. It's all over the news. Still is, you know. Um, right. Go ahead. Well, right, and you know, they. I think that one has to expect that it will continue to resurface, given how much evidence there is now, as you laid out, Evelyn, on the extent to which authorities went to cover up what really happened. I mean, one of the things I'm hoping to hear from Conchito about is, for example that one aspect of the agreement where they leave the they leave out any names as potential accomplices and grant immunity to any potential co-conspirators i mean that's a patently illegal agreement in the first place which you've mentioned is now going to be challenged in court because there you know it it absolutely failed the sniff test just on its face and um, providing that kind of immunity is just unconscionable in the first place, much less to do so in a way that clearly is designed to protect some very powerful people from being held accountable, which the rest of us would be sitting in jail for. 
Well, you bet. You bet. Well, I was reading a story this morning, and, and um, or maybe it was on TV. I was watching videos that one girl, one girl alone said that she brought between 60 and 80 girls herself to Epstein. Now, the way I understand it, um, they say it's like a pyramid scheme he did the sex trafficking with these girls. That the girls would come and, and, and some of, well, they would get paid $200 a piece for each girl that they would bring to his mansion there in Florida. And he said that some of the girls really didn't like having sex with them, but he would keep them, them teenage girls on because, um, and they wouldn't have to have sex with them, but then they would provide the girls and he would, he would continually give them $200 for each girl that they'd bring over. So one girl alone said she brought between 60 and 80 girls herself to him. So we are wow. talking hundreds of girls. And we're only talking about the ones he sexually abused. You know, right. that, that prosecution agreement, non-prosecution agreement, gave immunity to all the other participants and co-conspirators. While a lot of them showed up in the investigation, you know, a lot of important people that were flying around with him on his, uh, his Lolita Express and and that is right. um, people that is the plane that he had that that he flew people all over the world. I mean, this is an international child sex trafficking ring, and they they had a bed up there so that the young girls could have sex. They could have orgies on the planes, you know. And Bill Clinton went on that plane twenty six times, and Hillary went on it six times that we know. Of. And that was just in a two year time frame. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You said that. Yeah, <laughs> two year time frame. Well. Yeah, I mean, this the the sheer the numbers are are shocking when you put it into context, and you know the fact that Jeffrey Epstein played a role in the prosecutions, and then later non prosecutions of the Bear Stearns executives. Um, you know, he was an FBI informant. It later surfaced, and these this is the kind of connection we so frequently see and has been well reported by, um, for example, Glenn Greenwald at The Intercept about how so often individuals involved in these heinous crimes go free because they or someone in their families are involved as um, informants of some kind to the FBI. And right. And that, so, that just came out recently. That just came out. I mean, I hadn't seen that until recently that because they were dragging Mueller involved in it because Mueller was running that investigation or something. And so, right. Um, so Mueller was involved in this too, you know, and now yeah. they want to, they want to blame it all on, uh, they want to blame this all on Trump. And you know, I can't stand Trump and I, and I'm not, I wouldn't defend him if I thought he was involved in this international child sex trafficking ring, but I don't. But now they want to, you know, because he has his labor secretary is the attorney that approved the final deal. But, you know, darn well, he didn't approve the final deal. In fact, uh, Alan Dursowich, I was just hearing this morning, he's the one that wrote up that non-prosecution prosecution agreement. He writes it up right. for the he writes it up for the um, for the defendant. And I was here this morning, there were lawyers talking about it, and they said, when did you ever hear of this? It's, it's, it's for illegal, it's unethical, and he clearly wrote it in such a way as to protect himself. Himself, right. Yeah. And I get yeah. so angry when I see them having him on TV, that known pedophile running. And he smeared Virginia Roberts. He totally smeared her name 
when yeah. she made those accusations. It's it's sick. And it's 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 you know, he should not be walking free. When we have people in jail, you know, a woman just went to jail for I don't know, 50 years because she um killed a man that was raping her or something like a, and you know, and yet someone like this. Uh, the other thing about Jeffrey Epstein that is really worth pointing out, because we see this pattern again and again, is where these individuals turn up with a ton of money out of the blue, as did happen with, for example, Hugh Hefner, and also right. with now Jeffrey Epstein, just suddenly becoming these unbelievably wealthy individuals leading these high-profile, jet-setting lives. And no explanation whatsoever is can be made for how they acquired their wealth. And we know for a fact that uh, same with the Playboy Mansion being wired to uh, as a human compromise operation to, to blackmail officials and others. Um, Jeffrey Epstein's um, setup is clearly a human compromise operation. And even among billionaires today whose, you know, their fortune, for example, the Bronfman sisters, their father's fortune was made with illegal liquor sales. Um, the two of them, according to court documents, created Nexium, a sex cult, as a human compromise operation, and it functioned a lot of in a lot of the same ways you've described about Jeffrey Epstein, Evelyn. In, for example, that these remember Allison Mack, who's a high-profile actress who was arrested, um, and one of the women who recruited other women to have sex with Keith Rainier, the the right. leader of the sex cult. So it's the same kind of a pyramid operation. And, and they were having women take these empowerment classes and going into debt so that they would be obligated to Keith Rainier. They had to produce, you know, uh, compromising documentation of themselves. And this is exactly the kind of thing we've seen happen with Jeffrey Epstein and um, Hugh Hefner. So these things do exist and they are documented and it's in no way a stretch to pretend that and to assert that, you know, th that's what's going on. And these, these people are being protected. These are serial criminals who are being protected. Right. Right. And, and, and that's the thing, right? They're all protecting. And, the media and stuff's involved in all this stuff, too. The members of the media, when Epstein got out of jail, they had a big welcome home party for him. And, and uh, female, um, oh, shoot, I won't remember the names of all of the all of them who were there. But, you know, the media's involved in this, and they don't report on this properly ever. And and it's the same with that sex cult. You know, when they, the media reports, you know, any headlines or something, they always leave out the world child sex trafficking. They say sex right. trafficking, but they leave out the world child. You know, yeah. they, they're all involved in this together. Right. But now right. they want to the switch this all around. They want all the headlines are switched around. You know, they want to blame it all on Trump because uh, because it was his labor secretary that entered into this agreement. But all these other people, well, like we talked, Dershowitz wrote up that agreement and everything. Right. But now that he's president, they want to twist it around and blame it on him. 
And I understand it that when he found out that Epstein was there at that Mar Largo uh, hotel down there in Florida, that when he found out that he was recruiting young girls from there, that he kicked them out. And That's I believe my that. But now I think, as well. yeah. yeah, that he wouldn't let them keep coming there and doing that. But and yet, so, and they go back. To, to, they they bring yeah. up this quote that he said back in I think it was 1992 in an article when he said he liked Epstein and Epstein liked the women and he even liked younger ones. He sure enjoys his his sex, his uh, social life, you know. Social life, and that's the main thing that they're using to try to tie him into that. You know, a quote from an article when they asked him about Epstein back in 1992, I believe it was. Well, it was after this that that that. Uh, Clinton and them were all flying on his uh, Lolita Express for the orgies in the sky all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just ask yourself, how many people in your life would you go on a trip with averaging once a month for two years? Right. Like, have you ever been that close to anyone, you know, like had a friend that you would do do something like that with? Like, I can't... For like in two years' time, like average once a month, it's just right. ludicrous. And right. you know the other thing too that you point out. I mean, I had I understand the same thing. You know, in terms of Trump and the, and trying to whether I don't know whether or not he is there. I have seen no evidence that he is, and what that's beside the point until there is evidence. And but it keeps us from talking about where the evidence does exist. And it ties all these powerful people into child sex trafficking, including Alan Dershowitz, who has been advising Donald Trump extensively during his presidency. And I just read read the other day that um, Dershowitz said he still is Epstein's attorney. Yeah, well, so... He wants to to remain his attorney because then he thinks that that'll protect him more about him being exposed oh yeah i'm sure but uh why don't they why doesn't the fbi go in and raid those attorneys law offices and find out the crimes (laughs) because we know they're in on it that's the thing is the whole system the whole system is built on that from you know just like you said and it has to all be torn down whole system wholesale and and that's you know what we're seeing not to change the subject but you know it's a it's an important connection to make i think for people what we're seeing unfold in france and now across europe with these protests is really about this system that is being used to directly exploit and oppress the the population at large I mean, that's the whole system is designed to corrupt and exploit. And and that is not a sustainable system. And it's not one in which, you know, the vast majority of people want to participate in. So, uh, but that's what our whole government is run that way. Absolutely. It's the, it is the glue between all the elite is pedophilia. And they're all involved in it. And that goes for, you know, the media, all of them. And this yep. is what's so hard fighting against. What we are fighting against. Yep. But uh, you know, this, all the government's you know, involved. Yeah. That's the real oh, discouraging yeah. thing. I mean, one of, with this um, latest settlement, 
of the Jeffrey Epstein case. Um, last minute, of course, to buy as much time as he could. Um, it opened the door to going to court again to challenge this non-prosecution agreement, which violates, you know, every ethical and legal boundary imaginable. And Alan Dershowitz knows that. So, and in that settlement as well, Jeffrey Epstein admits to lying on, you know, the record, which is a federal offense. And um, while I don't expect any real justice to come as a result, at least not as a result of our court system um, or needed out by our court system, the process of going through all of this is making it possible for us to continue talking about it and spreading awareness of it. And it reveals a little bit more of the story every time we go through one of these cycles. And they're getting faster and faster you know, so that the information is not so stale, which is, I think, what a lot of these elites have counted on in the past is that, you know, 20, 30 years go by before you get the real story. And by then, every you know, you, it's a whole generation like that. They've forgotten about it, but that's no longer the case. We're getting the truth within a few years and sometimes weeks or days and it allows us to to really hammer home the extent of this corruption and the graphic nature of it right well you know there's a lot of a lot of media now is talking about this case you know and i and i don't know why um the miami herald really ran ran like a four-part expose here last week you know uncovering everything and they and they did a big investigation on it too and so they really turned up a lot more, more stuff. And um, this, now these lawyers that are involved, you know, this Kenneth Starr, now that son of a bitch, you know, back when he's investigating the Clintons, you know, and um, in the end he puts out that that Star report, put every sexual act in that Star report, and put it out online. And at the time I was living up in Niagara, and I was thinking, my God, this is being released online with all that filth in it. You know, word by word, describing what they did and everything for all the children to read before the parents even get home. I mean, the big news is the star report is out. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, this is horrible. You know, so there's there's, uh, Epstein. I mean, there's Ken Starr back then pulling that, you know, which, which, yes, everybody should have known about this and stuff. But to put it on the Internet where kids can read this, you know, I thought was horrible at the time. And so now he's out there and... uh, He's protected Epstein, running, you know, running the longest running child trafficking um, case in this country. And he's behind Epstein on this. This is so insane. And then, too, it was um, at Star. Um, he got fired from a, a university job or something. It was last year, the year before, because he, he covered up. He did, didn't handle sexual uh, assault allegations or something on this sports team. So, I mean, you know, they go back and forth with this. Right. Right. It's it's as long as they can buy time. It seems like that's, you know, that it's just a game of buying time. And that's exactly what Jeffrey Epstein did with this settlement, because, you know, he had blatantly lied to the court and he waited until the very last moment. And, you know, the other thing is not to just um, delay, but it's to 
you know, create fatigue among the people you're targeting with dragging things on and on. So, um, well, it, it know, does, doesn't I, it, Trish? You and I have talked about this. It yeah. just goes on and on, and it's like it's never-ending. And, you know, we think we're – like last week we had the show, and we thought it was a great day. We're going to be starting that, that you know, teasing the jury. for. Then they settled out of court, you know. Right. And it was like I felt like like the bottom fell out again, you know. But then I I found out later that, no, he's seeking that um, – not overturning that non-prosecution agreement. So it wasn't the end, but – I felt like we just get done with the show, and it's like, what? How they settled this? You know, and it was right. the amount uh, disclosed was on was confidential, and none of the none of the um, extent of the plea agreement would be revealed either. So it was like, good God, we get there, we almost get there, and then the bottom falls out. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, there is there is no justice to be had in the system we've got. And that's what we're seeing unfold in Europe is that people are realizing this and it doesn't matter how many times or how hard we try, it's not going to happen. It's, it's designed to protect those people. And, um, you know, all we can do is continue informing ourselves and letting other people know what's going on so that as, as this movement continues to build, uh, we are well armed with the truth about what we're up against. And, you know, you t- you're talking about the child sex trafficking issue. I mean, you know, anyone who's opposed to war, who, you know, has strong feelings about immigration or, um, you know, uh, health care or education or any of that, we all, we can all share a common, uh, a common opposition to the people who are behind all of those problems. And, and that's what I think is going to, in the end, make it possible for us to finally get some justice with that, with all of this, because nothing is going to change until these people go to jail. And if it's not going to be in our court system, we'll have to, you know, and that's the other thing is, one of the things that Kevin Annette talks about when he's on your show, Evelyn, is how we've all forgotten that we have not only lost our state sovereignty, you know, as part of the United States or European countries as part of the EU, but we've totally lost our individual sovereignty. The truth is, you know, up until 2,500 years ago, nobody told you what to do or, you know, held anything over you. You were, you were entirely your own person and made your own decisions. And we have been completely sabotaged by this structure that's designed to enslave all of us into yeah. working for a handful of very rich people to so that they can lead lives of complete debauchery and luxury and it's just there 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 is no fixing that kind of system it's designed to exploit and so that's what all of this is about i, I mean you're and you're talking about children that's the right. and, and i think that's what makes it so hard for people to really wrap their heads around and then the idea that you're talking about billionaires and powerful people and it's just like how could they possibly get away with this right and for so long and they sent these, but these girls into drug addiction and alcoholism you know 
Here's we're sitting here. Here's a case of one one girl that said um, this one before she met Epstein. Courtney Wilde was captain of the cheerleading squad, first trumpet in the band, and an A student at Lake Worth Middle School. After she met Epstein, she was a stripper, a drug addict, and an inmate at Gadsden Correctional Institution in Florida's Panhandle. She still had braces on her teeth when she was introduced to Epstein at age at age fourteen in two thousand two. So she wow. said that. Um, Let's see. Oh, by the time I was 16, she said, I had probably brought him 70 to 80 girls who were all 14 and 15 years old. He was involved in my life for years, said Wilde, who was released from prison in October after serving three years on drug charges. The girls mostly... She went to prison, and Jeffrey Epstein has not. This is just sickening to know Three years on a drug charge, yeah. And this, and, and like I said, and it comes up that here she was, you know, when he found her. This probably would have been when uh, that Grizzlin Maxwell or, or some of them other recruiters would have found her. But unbelievable, First she's the one in that the band, an A student. Yeah, and this is what they did to her. She ends up serving three years in prison for a damn drug charge. Ah. <sighs> It's in, these people have to be stopped. These people have to go to jail. This this is only going to get worse, and we we really do have to take this moment in time and you know really make it happen. I mean, the the notion that our children can be exploited uh-huh. so callously yeah. and cast aside in such a way is. I mean, that is, that's not civilization. That's absolute, absolute savagery. I mean, we, we are nothing like a civilized world. No. When we no. allow that kind well, of thing to happen. Well, and, and, you know, now we're turning into where we're, we're um, you know, con- this transgender movement is driving me nuts, I'll tell you. They're turning all of our children into that they don't know what they are. You know, what are we supposed to call them? It? Yeah. You know, this is a movement that they're going on to. They socially engineered the gayness into society, and now here's what we are now. You know, and I said, uh, I was watching a video of Ellen coming out on uh, Oprah Winfrey's show the other night. And uh, in, in the middle of the show, she says about when she came out, she told her parents that she was gay. And uh, her parents kicked her out of the house. She said the father accepted it and stuff, but the mother had two little girls. She didn't want her around them, affecting them little girls. And I said, no, no, this much later, this is, I don't know, this is 20 years later or whatever. Yes, look what happened to our children. Look what they're doing to our children, turning them all into these people that don't know if they're boys or girls and pushing this full-fledged ahead. Yeah. You know, that, uh, and, and that was the start of it. Social engineering, well, the gayness. very is, it's a very clever ploy at keeping us arguing about something that is utterly secondary to all of these other issues. It's like if you don't have freedom of speech or um, the right to not be uh, spied on 24 hours a day or any of that, then whether or not you're transgender is really irrelevant. I mean, it, it, it's not going to matter for anything if you have none of those other things. So, exactly. um, so I, it's just a way. It's just a ma- way to divide us. It's a way to keep us 
from properly organizing to throw off the people who are behind these crazy, crazy movements like the transgender movement. Yes, yes. And I'm just horrified by that. I'm not kidding you that this bizarre business, you know, putting these um, these transgender shows at uh, libraries for little kids. I mean, in my day, in the old days, you had to pay to go watch these freaks. Yeah. You know, you had to pay to go to specific clubs and pay to go in and watch these freaks. And now they're teaching these kids to act like that in libraries. And they're moving these sex education courses into schools where they're teaching them filthy shit like anal sex and stuff. And I said, this kind of stuff just irks me to no end. Do you know that I was probably 19 years old before I even heard the first thing I ever heard about anal sex. And they're teaching this yeah. to little kids in school. Yeah, they're young. They're How elementary to and middle yeah. school aged kids. Yes, they're very young. Yeah. And how did, you know, how did they get away with this? Even getting this in the, I said, when my kids were little, this stuff would have never got in the schools. We wouldn't be fighting to take it out because it would have never got in. I would have never allowed this in our schools. But now, yeah. And, and yeah, and you're not allowed to object to it. You know, I'm kicked off Facebook for 30 days because I said that I don't want, oh, it was a, I posted an article and it was, would you, would you be offended or something if you wouldn't date one of these transgenders? And I said, no, I will not have anything to do with those transgenders. And so a friend wrote, well, you might not be, um, I forget what word, because you would object to dating them, but you would be object because you call them lifelong sexual freaks. And I said, that's what... Evelyn? The children don't even know what kind of sex they're supposed to have. Our whole society now is supposed to be built around the sex uh, identity of uh, people. And they can yeah. change from day to day. Well, today I'm a guy. I want to have sex as a woman. Well, I'm a woman tomorrow. Now I want to have sex like a woman. This is insane. The other day there was a, there was a, a meme out of Trump, and, and he said about this transgender woman. Well, now he's decided he wants to be a woman, so he'd be the first woman president. And he had a wig on, you know, the meme had him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do it. They change from day to day. Well, and now men, they're changing it so you can't call them by the right pronouns or anything? Not he or she? This is it's insane. meant to be divisive. Oh, well, this is most divisive to me because they're taking our little children and doing this to them. And yeah. <laughs> this is just so bizarre. Well, um, the, I mean, this, I, I really hope, I haven't seen anything about when that court case is supposed to go forward yet. Have you, for the Jeffrey Epstein um, for well, the challenge of that non-prosecution. That, yeah, overturning that non-prosecution agreement, and, and that would open up the whole case. And they should, and yeah. that's why they're all hiding, because all their names are in there. I mean, if you look at that little black book that he had, I mean, about every world leader, it's stuff yeah. that's in there. And and he puts little notes in by him and all this stuff. He takes them all. He's blackmailing the whole world. But he ain't doing this alone. No. Who do you think ultimately is really behind this? CIA? Yeah. I, I think so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I understood, too. And so here we sit. How can we fight this? The top yeah, Evelyn, I think government you know are running it. Seeing, yeah. Well, but what we see happening in Europe now is a really good start to, to, to 
bringing it to an end. And I don't know if you've seen that out of France, then it went to Belgium, the Netherlands, it's in Sweden now. Um, I've seen it in Ireland, I believe. A number of countries are launching their own protests, and, and it really is about bringing an end to all of this. And uh, mm. we we have not had anything yet occur around which such a large percentage of the population could really coalesce, you know? And this this seems to be that moment in time. And and down with this whole system will come that child trafficking nonsense. So um, I, I really think we are on our way there. I, I really, really believe that we are on our way there, and it and it is being launched by this yellow vest movement out of France. Our yeah, I really have to look into that more. I you know I haven't followed it that much, but I, today I watched some videos on that. That you know, and and they're saying different videos this morning. They were talking about, and they're they're saying that they're just doing like the Catholic Church, covering this all up. Yep. Yep. Well, that's one of the things you brought up, how, you know, the Miami Herald did that long expose. And one of the things that Kevin Annette has has pointed out to us before is that is how um, they do these like soft disclosures and and then nothing comes of them. So they're kind of like, OK, here, we'll fess up, we'll put it out there and then, you know, move along. And. I imagine there was that element involved with the uh, the Miami Herald series. But again, right. even if that's the intent, we can use those um, pieces of evidence to further our efforts. And while they may not get prosecuted today by the current justice system we have in place, we are accumulating all the evidence we need to successfully prosecute these guys outside that court system, which we have every right to do. And as Kevin Annette has begun with the um, tribunals and the convictions of um, Pope Francis and others for child trafficking in the Vatican. So it, it really does serve us in the, in the long run, though in the short run, it's really very frustrating because it's <laughs> obvious what they're trying to do, and it's the same thing that they've done all along. Um, but that all is coming to an end. And I think, you know, the, the, the protests in France are calling for Macron's resignation. So um, they, you know, they're, they're being, this isn't just about the tax. They, you know, it is so much bigger than that. And there is another Act 5 is what they're calling it. It's the fifth Saturday of protest now um, coming on the 15th this week. And, that you know, they're going to keep pushing until they get his resignation. And as I mentioned, they're spreading to other countries, too. And And it's something around which you know, everyone can rally. So um, the, the, the momentum is very strong in their favor. And Mac, I, it'll be really interesting, you know. Macron's the pedophile victim himself, you yeah, know. Exactly. <laughs> Going back. I mean, his, his teacher took up with him. Yep. 
So we yep. got he was pedophile victims years old. in countries. He was thirty nine. Yeah. yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. So this is what yeah. we have. We haven't run in the country well, we've had it here. And he's a Rothschild you know, banker. <laughs> he's a what? He's a what? A Rothschild banker. He worked for the Rothschild Bank as a banker before he Really? Oh, yes. Oh. That's how well, he's you know, we sit career. here and it, you know, and I'm and I'm you know, reading um um Kathy O'Brien's book and listening to her talk and then um Susan Ford and stuff, thanks for the memory. When I'm saying, you know, that France is run by a pedophile victim himself, we're sitting here. Every president since JFK, Kathy O'Brien had to sleep with. She was a MKL right. or they're considered presidential models, you know, and, and, and they're really in depth there. You know, I mean, they, they, Kissinger trained her and she could go and they would send her to world leaders and she could memorize whole documents in her mind and come back and recite them. She wouldn't have to copy them. Right. And so yeah. she was used by all the presidents, everyone except Ford. Susan um, Ford says that, not Ford, I'm sorry, Carter was the only one that didn't sexually abuse her. So every president we had has been doing this since the 60s, right in front of our eyes. It just goes on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. I think we've reached a breaking point, which is good. It's good. People are realizing yeah. they, they really have nothing left to lose at this point and, you know, are putting right. it all on the line. And just like we see, you know, these the um, yellow vests every Saturday, the Palestinians in Gaza are protesting every Friday. I think it's 37 weeks now. Every Friday they go back and face those snipers and um, who are now shooting at children and trying to shoot them in the eyes. They're shooting them in the face now, oh. not just in the heart and the head. And... Um, you know, and then there are all the protests about immigration, and it's really, you know, people, This the way the mainstream media is trying to spin this is that it's about the gas tax, and it's, a, and it's about racist anti-immigration sentiment, and that's not what, at all what it is. You know, people are opposed yeah, to immigration that's for, engineered by billionaires in such a way exactly. as to loot them of their resources. That's what they're opposed to. So um, that really is sort of sinking in and resonating across not only Europe, but we're seeing it here in the United States and Canada, um, which, you know, once the United States starts to mobilize, that's when we'll see big change start. But it's it's going to get ugly. The, the police. There, the police union in France, uh, it goes by the name of Vigi, V-I-G-I, has called on all its members to for an indefinite strike in solidarity with the Yellow Vest. Um, the, poli- the firefighters are also um, standing in solidarity with the Yellow Vest. And one of the things that we've learned is that there are paid mercenaries that are they're in black garb that you know we see used by these fucks all the time to go in and sabotage what are otherwise peaceful protests with random acts of brutal violence. There were a number of protesters who were beaten senseless and bloodied beyond belief by these uh, police forces. They're mercenary forces that are um, infiltrating the protests, but. 
they are they are not going to be deterred. And in fact, not only are the protests not waning, they're building. I mean, more and more people, and most of the people who are participating are those who live, who've been forced out of the cities into further and further away from their jobs by the cost of living. And these are the people who now have to commute these long distances and will be hurt most by the gas tax who are um, really organizing in these small, most of the towns in France, I I understand, are about 40,000 people or fewer and which yeah. is relatively small, and it allows them to organize very quickly and effectively. And so uh, in these, you know, hundreds of towns of 40,000 or so, you know, everyone is beginning their protests. And this, these are the 99%. These are the people who can't make, you know, ends meet from month to month. That's what this is right. about. right. Yeah, I didn't. I I haven't taken the time to really understand those protests, but I need to do that today because, like you said, they're covering a lot more other issues than just this gas tax. Oh yeah, yeah, but right. um, it, it's it's really nice to see happening. So I'm optimistic that it's the beginning the of our new world. Right. Well, what's the deal in in Israel? I got cut off, so I had to call back in. Maybe you talked about it, about throwing the Israel leader out. Is that going to happen? You know, that's a very good question, Evelyn. He's now, his his police chiefs have recommended he be indicted yet again. This is, I think, the third case on which his police chiefs have recommended he be indicted for corruption charges. And he has still held off any any such indictments. But meanwhile, his wife has gone on trial for corruption. And um, he has, yes, this was last month sometime. I don't know what the, the, there's no further update I'm aware of. Um, But he also lost his defense minister, who's like a rabid racist and psychopath. But when his defense minister quit, he withdrew his party's support from Netanyahu's coalition that has made it possible for him to remain in power in the Knesset. And so he's very, very weak at home. And now he was, he was just outed the other day. He announced they were going to conduct some sort of uh, operate military operation to eliminate Hezbollah tunnels in Lebanon, which ironically his own opposition in the Knesset outed him for lying about those tunnels for years and saying that they didn't even exist and that this was a false operation he was using as a ploy to boost himself um, at home politically. So what, what does the Hezbollah operation like? See, I, I don't understand all this. Okay, so Hezbollah is Iranian. And as they are indigenous fighters of Iran who are helping in Syria and Lebanon to expel terrorists. Hezbollah is being demonized in the mainstream media because they're actually fighting the terrorists. And um, they're, they're on the right side of this. And they're obstructing the U.S. from, 
you know, making progress in all that land theft. Meanwhile, the U.N. unequivocally, overwhelmingly voted against Israel and its and that it should end its occupation of Palestine immediately. That is huge. Then they well, didn't all the other countries vote, vote in favor of that. Didn't other countries vote in favor all, of that, but the U.S. didn't. Yeah, pretty much. There were there were like five countries you don't even ever hear about, plus the U.S. And um, Israel voted against it. There were also votes just in the last week or so at the U.N., one of which there were a total of six or seven, one of which was also about the Golan Heights, which Israel has been illegally occupying since 1967 and is currently stealing the oil to sell to Genie Energy, which is controlled by Jacob Rothschild, Rupert Murdoch, Dick Cheney, Larry Summers, and all those bankers. So um, right. that's why we're in Syria. But right, the, and, and um, we give all we give Israel all our tax dollars and stuff, but they're just fighting these proxy wars. And so our tax dollars are going to protect to protect the oil for people like Cheney and Murdoch and the rest of the gang. Yep, yep. So they're that's slaughtering exactly all right. these people, innocent people, to try to keep yep. that oil. Same in Yemen. So Same thing in Yemen. Same in oh yes, US- in Yemen is the one um, conducting the blockade on Hodaida Port, which is the direct cause of the mass starvation occurring there right now. And the U.S. is the one that not only trains the Saudi pilots, but supplies the fuel and coordinates for every one of those strikes, which are entirely civilian. They are on school buses, hospitals, fish markets, weddings, funerals, homes, not one of them is a legitimate target. And the other thing is that they've destroyed all the critical infrastructure for water and other basic needs. So that is a genocide that the U.S. is directly um, facilitating in Yemen. So that's that's what we're doing. Um, And we're doing it on behalf of Israel. Right. And it's our military doing this stuff. And our Navy are blocking those supplies and starving them people to death. Keep them without food, medicine, and water. Starving them to death in plain sight. Do Americans get this? Don't they understand and want to stand up and stop this? Yeah, they don't. One of the things, a great meme I saw, Evelyn, about the um, Yellow Vest protest was a picture of the protest and saying, it says at the top, France. And at the bottom, it says, forgot to fluoridate the water. And ironically, yeah. it, well, interestingly, France does not fluoridate their water. <laughs> really? And oh, we wow. do. I mean, I think it really has something to do with the fact that, you know, it just like the, the blank expressions you get from people when you describe this stuff to them is it can only be explained by having been medicated into submission. Right. Right. Well, yeah, I don't understand how people in this country can just sit back and watch this. I mean, it's been years now. We see the pictures of the Yemeni children starving. I mean, remember when the old days when they used to have uh, pictures of people starving in Ethiopia and stuff, begging people yeah. to help them? You know, it's a, this is what's happening. And these yeah. pictures are there every year. And it's just going yeah, it's, on and on. I mean, it's just it's a genocide thing. on the scale of the Holocaust. 
I mean, oh, yes, why, it is. the Jewish Holocaust, why is this one yeah. so much less important? And why is it that our president is allowed to justify our continuing involvement simply by pointing to our weapons sales to Saudi Arabia? Like, how, it, how yeah, does that make any sense to people? You know, it's like, why is one genocide so much more important than every other one? You know, yeah. I, I agree with you completely. But again, it's it's all part of the programming. You know, that's what they've sure is. That has been the goal all along. Well, the depopulation program is going full speed ahead. And Americans are, are so mind controlled and stupid that they don't even get it. They're, they're being yeah. genocided now with this weather warfare. These fires burning up California and these hurricanes yes, that they manufacture down. Sure. And oh, yeah, they wipe paradise right off the map. And I said, I said this, well, it was last year or the year before when they built, burnt the whole town of Gatlinburg, Tennessee down, that this was pure genocide. And now this is where they're at. They're burning whole towns out now. Yeah, and I don't know, people probably don't follow this out. research either, but uh, they are lasering these houses. These aren't forest fires. The trees no, aren't they burning. Were burning. So hot, people had to <sighs> abandon their cars. The tires were melting. And God only yeah. knows how many were consumed in the flames that have not yet oh, been yes. accounted for. Oh, yes. I've, I've watched many videos, and they, they planned that at, at um, that there in, in Paradise. That they There's didn't no question people, about they that, let it, They it let them get out on the road. They let them get out on the road, and they, and they had um, their cars in a school bus full of kids torched. Just yeah. dead right on the road. You know, and, and now you can't even go up there in Paradise. And this one worker was a, a tow truck driver, and he went up there at first, um, one of the first ones to go up there. He said that he's seen at least 200 dead bodies just one trip up there to Paradise. There's like 52,000 with the surrounding area that are involved in that. Where are these people? There is, Where that are was people? not a forest fire. There is well, no way that was a forest, wasn't a forest fire. fire. And They're you know what else up? is? Yeah, the, you didn't. Uh, you know, vehicles don't incinerate like that. No, um, no, no. There's someone turned up video from last year of a helicopter dropping incendiaries on um, forest in California. You could see the fires igniting in a trail behind where this plane was dropping the material. Right. Well, now they're saying up there that uh, they aren't even doing um, search and rescue anymore because they're saying, well, the, um, the dental facility uh, burned down in the town, so they don't have anywhere way to identify oh my these God. people when they found wow. them. Oh, yes, yes. And nobody's allowed up there. All these people are gone. Because they have to cover up the crime. They're going to do whatever yes. they have to to cover up the crime. I mean, there is no yep. question, absolutely no question None. that fires were set. And, and, and I absolutely believe that they just mowed down people indiscriminately it's like they did in um iraq to that that yep. what was it the highway of death you know everybody's trying to evacuate iraq and george bush had all those civilians just completely obliterated yep. who were trying to escape yep. it's the same yep. kind of thing we do it all the time abroad we do right. it in syria right. every time there's a humanitarian route that's opened up the u.s goes yeah. in and bombs everybody it's like it's the it's their standard operating procedure, and people don't even realize, like you said, they're doing it to us on U.S. Yep. soil. Yep. We are the victims of genocide. Wow. I don't know what they're going to hit us with here. 
I don't know. I'm in yeah. the Midwest. You know, I'm in here in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So I don't know what kind of weather warfare they're going to wage against us here. I mean, the worst we usually get is snow, but how much snow can they dump on us? Probably a lot of ice. Remember that winter? I mean, they can engineer a lot of bitter, bitter cold and ice. Well, isn't there a big storm they engineered going on over on the East Coast right now? It's uh, not where I am. Not where you are. I think it's it's south there. I think it's North Carolina and and Virginia's down there. Oh, I didn't. Dane Wigington had put out a video on it and showed how they were engineering this storm. Showed exactly what they were going to pull, and they did. What's going on now? We have to shut all of this down. We have to tear this entire system down. We'll keep fighting, Trish, won't we? Okay, Evelyn. To the bitter end. Okay. Yes. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye. My eyes go thin as I get older. Piece and pieces, bloody and bruised. I feel so happy.